The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, Real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Just to lift your spirit, make you wanna revisit. Tell your friends, take a listen. Young folks say it's lit, old folks say we dig it. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon, yes. good morning, good evening, good something. Wherever you are is good because I'm good. I look good. I smell good. Feel me, Lauren. Mm. I feel good. All that. Ooh, ooh. Girl, nice and soft. Like <laughs> <laughs> Welcome oh to Laugh and Learn. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. That's Lauren Hogan. That's, ooh. We, we, uh, Godfrey, we coming to get you in a minute. Let's yeah. bring on our other partner. Yes, Because they, they need to introduce themselves. I'm Flame Monroe, by the way. <laughs> Who is this? And I'm I'm Lauren Hogan. That's Lori. Yes. Lori Hogan. <laughs> Hello, it's Nick. Lori. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> you know, I'm loving that whole Lori thing. Yes. People are actually starting to call me Lori. So y'all done started something. 
How was your, your day, Nick? You ready? I'm, I'm ready. I won't lie to you. I'm excited about Godfrey. You know, oh uh, we've yeah. been talking about it all week because I got a chance. I, lo- I know like so many other people did. I got a chance to check out They Ready Too, and Godfrey mm-hmm. absolutely killed it. Uh, Nigeria! So, okay. <laughs> he's ridiculous. So, oh, my God. And you just, know, you know just... he's from my hometown. You know he's from Chicago. I know that. Yeah, I know Ridiculous. that. And, uh, mm-hmm. His impersonations are literally second to none. He's oh, yeah. one of the best. He, d- he does a fantastic um, <clears throat> uh, President Trump. So I'm just going to no, say No, 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 no. Ex-President Trump. Say the shit right <laughs> if you're going to say it. Don't I be think, fucking with my page. I think he's the only one that people are calling an ex-president. Everybody's like former president or just uh-huh. calls them a president. He's the only ex-president uh-huh. that, the only you ex, know. Yeah. Tell that nigga in his own words, I said it, you're fired. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So he, he, that's just one of several great impersonations he Me? does. So I'm excited yeah. to hear him actually um, uh, come on and join us and talk about everything that's going on in his life. Yeah. Well, we're Uh-oh. glad you came to join us this morning. Mr. Smith goes to Washington since you're not here in the studio with us. And unfortunately, after this week, we won't be allowed to come to the studio either because of COVID restrictions. Yeah. So they're sending out equipment to me and Lauren, and we're going to have to do it from home or do it from somewhere like you're doing. But me and Lauren will meet up still, we'll so together. we'll be together. Yeah. And when you come in, maybe we'll all do it from the garage, from the Love Lounge. If you've mm. never you know, that would be, that would be awesome. So starting next Monday, I didn't know that. Is that yeah. Was that the announcement you're talking about, or is there another announcement? That's the announcement. We got news today that today is our last day of closing down this studio. And it's going to make me lazy because this is like a job to me. It makes me get up. It makes me dress up and come to work. Because y'all know at home, I'm laid out with a cookie hanging out my mouth <laughs> and a couple of facial hairs right there because it's my problem area. And yeah, so but <laughs> so we- so let us know, Flay. Will we, will we get the full flame effect? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I yes. was paid. Okay. I was paid for a service. Yeah, I yeah. Heard, I don't want to see him. They pay for her. Yeah. Are, are you for hire? Um, I've been a hoe for years. I used to sell dick and titties <laughs> on the street. Now, now I sell it on stage, nigga. If you don't yeah. like it all, <laughs> baby, I used to be you a know. hoe on the streets. Y'all said that like it was what? a shame. I sold dick and titties <laughs> on the streets. Now we selling it on the mic. Hey, hey, hey price hey, is now. different. The risk <laughs> got a little different, but it was so much more fun when I could walk up and down the street jiggling. <laughs> You know what? It's funny you would mention that because, you know, mm-hmm. this isn't one of our topics for this week, but it, New York literally just banned. Uh, it, there was a law on the books that you could not be trans walking back and forth down the street because it was considered a distraction or it could be interpreted as solicitation. solicitation. And it literally, Cuomo just struck it from the books. That was one of my topics. I was going to mention that to you. So now you are no longer, it is no longer illegal to walk in New York while being trans. I didn't even know that was a law. I, I didn't know yep. that was a law what? either. You know how yeah. many you know how many of my sisters is tranny hoes that walk the streets right. from the eighties to the early nineties. Yeah, but but you know it was it was often deemed that if you if uh, if one of uh, ample proportions like yourself were to stop and just start to engage with someone, it could be interpreted as wait a minute, um, go back, rewind. What is the ample proportion? <laughs> <laughs> A certain curvature. That's uh-huh. all. You know. You know. So you know, it could be distracting, and people might think that um, you know, it was um, you weren't necessarily on your way to church. That's all. Well, kudos, really? kudos to Andrew Cuomo for that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We have made major strides uh, in the trans community, and I hate to I hate to point this out, but I'm gonna have to since I since I need to, and you know I don't give a two damn rat's ass about what you think. We have made such major strides. Michael Chi did a joke last Saturday on Saturday Night Live 
about uh, the transgender lift on the military, that Joe Biden lifted the transgender ban on the military. And the joke was, don't ask, don't tuck. First of all, let's start at the source. The joke wasn't funny worth a damn. It was as bad as the one that what's her name did when she had Donald Trump's head cut off. That shit wasn't funny either. Let's start there. As comedians, you have to know what is funny and what is not funny. The joke wasn't funny. But we can't get upset with Michael Chi about saying don't ask, don't tuck when Drag Race has had a very successful show on on RuPaul's Drag Race called Untucked for 11 Seasons or more that is wildly successful. We have to draw the line on what angers us. I I'm, I would be more offended if you said that I wasn't tucked and you could see what's dangling because then you'd be mad. <laughs> tucked is a beautiful thing if you if that ain't what you're into. But, you know, eventually if you're laying up with a trans girl, she's going to unroll and untuck. And you're so gonna what, get you, what you're saying is pick the battles. Is yeah. what you're exactly. So I did a write-up. What was the young lady's name I did the write-up with? Uh, Cynthia uh, Silva. Cynthia Silva did a write-up on NBC. They called me to interview me about it. And I gave them my true opinion because to me, the ass on Superman's chest has never stood for Superman. It has always stand for self-reliance, self-awareness, self-assurance. Save yourself. All of these words start with the word self. It's about who you see looking back at you in the mirror. Michael Chi, that shit wasn't funny. Let's Let's start there. Baby, Saturday Night Live, I, I definitely want to say Live from New York is Saturday night. But let's start with some of these people y'all got on there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to move on with that one. <laughs> well, well let's, let's move on. And let's also recognize, I think it's a perfect transition for us, too. We always say we wanted to start every show in February recognizing a moment in black history. And I think I'm going to start with something that I realized um, and Flame, you already know this, but one of the things that uh, kind of encouraged me and inspired the career that I made in television was Bryant Gumbel. Bryant Gumbel was the first African-American to be selected for a morning national broadcast. It was common to see black people doing local television, but no one had ever been on a national stage doing a morning show until Brian Gumbel. So he was the first selected to do a morning broadcast, and that was a big deal, the Today Show. Now we don't think about it because we see Robin Roberts, we see uh, Michael Strahan, you know, we, we see African-Americans all the time. We see my favorite, Gail King. But so it's commonplace now, but there was a time when that was considered a bit edgy to have a black face popping up in your living room in middle America, you uh, know, ah, come here on, I Lauren. am, you know. Because Lauren you know. waiting to say something, I feel her, it's, it's itching. <laughs> come on, Lauren, what what you about to say? No, I just think that uh, I'm not okay with how many black, you know, anchors that we have today. You know, Abby Phillips just got her show on CNN. I, and love, I love you, Abby. Interestingly enough, um, I was actually it's at right. NABJ last year. For those who don't know, it's the National Association of Black Journalists. And uh, they have an awards uh, component to their programming that they have for the, uh, the weekend. And CNN was, uh, you know, <laughs> given the award for lack of diversity and not actually having people of color in positions other than, you know, Don Lemon's the only one we really see. So yes, I think, we hear the ink pan flame. Yeah, we can hear yes. the ink plant. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Shit, I'm trying to get it to write. What, what are you doing? Somebody I'm get trying to get it to write. But I mean, I'm just saying that to say I'm not. I don't think that uh, we have enough black anchors, honestly, in news where it's happening more and Thank more you. today. I mean, like you said, it's not as uncommon, but I don't think it's enough. And Brian Gumble, let's let's go back. You know why Brian Gumble got the job? He had a great personality, first of all, and he was a handsome man. But he mm -hmm. was very fair skinned with good curly hair, and he was very articulate with his words. He had a fantastic vernacular. Understand that had he been a big black brother, uh, even attractive, he might not have gotten that job. That's when y'all mm. always talk about that whole light skin, dark skin thing. If he was a big, darker skinned black man and could have been exceptionally attractive, he he might not have gotten that job. 
Yeah, it, it was an easier pill to swallow is kind of the analogy that we can yeah. draw there. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so I, that was just a moment in black history I wanted to recognize, and I know that we have others. Yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, I saw the video. I know, Flame, you saw the video, and I think, Nick, you did too. Uh, Kamala Harris officially broke, you know, the first uh, tie in the Senate, and I was so elated and so happy. Uh-huh. I th- she had the mask on, but uh-huh. I don't know if everybody else saw. I think there was a little smirk on her face <laughs> no, no, no. breaking that tie. No, no, and I was no. like, yes, sis, no, no, do no. it. Let me do it for y'all. Let me give it to y'all. Let me give it to y'all. <laughs> okay, I got my mask, mask on, on purpose. Let me let me give it to y'all. Look there. So this is Kamala <laughs> before they made the announcement. This is Kamala when they made the announcement that she broke the tie. She was snickering. Everybody <laughs> was like, no. She, she was saying, on. kiss a hoes ass, yeah. baby. I love it. And I was happy to see it, you know, because they got $1.9 trillion COVID relief package uh, passed. Now it's not enacted yet because now it has to go to the budget committee and they've got to figure some things out. But the budget committee is now ran by Bernie Sanders. And what Bernie did, too, was say, everybody's fired. I'm bringing in my own people. We're going to make this work. So I'm excited. You know, the Senate, these different committees that we got now, we got some gangsters on the committee. Baby, so let me tell you something. Bernie, Bernie Sanders, that was a gangster move. His yeah. old ass. Him and, him and Nancy, too old. They like... Like Bonnie and Clyde, real yeah. old gangsters. Mm-hmm. Diaper wearing and everything. Oh, my God, I love it. Okay, yes. Nicholas, I have to bring my boy on because he's going to come on and talk. So tell me, because you knew about Godfrey before I told you that Godfrey was coming on. You were a fan because Nicholas loves comedy. That's what y'all know. Lauren does I, as I well. love comedy. And and to be fair, you know, you and I talked about it. I loved Godfrey's show. I think Godfrey, and I forget Godfrey's sidekick, uh, uh, Asian-American guy. Andrew. Uh, Andre. It, it, I call that man boy the wrong name every time. <laughs> He's not the only but, one. <laughs> but he is equally as funny, and they just play well off of each other. They yeah. really do. Um, and he has a young woman on there, uh, attractive sister as well from time to time. Mm-hmm. It's just a solid group. And Godfrey does a great job of blending current events and politics um, and mixing in humor at the same time. Godfrey also does uh, late at night. So, Flay, make sure you ask him about this. What is he doing up at 1 a.m.? There are times when I get up in the morning here, Central Standard Time Zone, and Godfrey is up, him and his girlfriend doing things on IG live and i'm like when does this brother sleep so Never. yeah absolutely godfrey's a beast absolutely mm-hmm. okay so we're gonna bring godfrey on nick we're gonna re- you're gonna be rejo- rejoining us after the conversation okay? i'll see you all after the conversation I, I need you to do the feedback on the on the the, the uh comments because my blind oh let me put my other glasses just shoot on. me a text nick <laughs> I'm, i got my phone right here shoot me a text mm. we got it you guys all okay. right nick We'll see All right, soon. guys. Okay, so ladies Good and gentlemen, show. we're going to bring on to the stage right now, to the show, my friend, um, mm-hmm. comedian Godfrey. He's, you can see him now. He's featured on Tiffany Haddish's They Ready 2. Mm-hmm. He is from my hometown of Chicago, and he is as ignorant as I am, if not more. <laughs> and uh, I said what I said. And he was the host of Tiffany's tour, They Ready Tour last year, or year before last, yeah. when we did it. Mm-hmm. And he was fantastic. And the first show we did that I did with him was in Vegas, and I was shook. I was shook by the massive sta- size of the stage. And, we- and Godfrey pulled me to the side and said, look at here. Don't think of it like that. Go out there and talk to the first row and get the shit done. Every- five shows after that, I killed every last one of them, only because you gave me such great advice. Hello, Godfrey. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> What up, folks? What's up? Okay, hey. Godfrey, this is my partner, Lauren Hogan, Hi there. and you met Nick. Hey, Lauren, what's going on? Your boy, that was, I appreciate his, uh, his mm, compliments. Don't be flirting with my girl, uh, Lauren, over here either, Godfrey, your black ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look, 
Look, it's all good. It's all good. All my tranny girlfriends already in my inbox is flame. Dude, with Godfrey, I say, girl, let me tell you something. He don't want you. I know this nigga. Nope. That nigga don't want you. That <laughs> nigga gonna talk shit to you, but he don't want you. Nope. <laughs> well, before we get started, let's talk about that video that you posted today. And what was the background on that video? Y'all um, cutting up and the newest the one I did for about Tiffany. No, no, no. I'm talking about the video between you and Flame. Flame that posted a throwback. New. What was oh, new no, for no, the no. viewers? I thought because I was thought you were talking about my Instagram because I no. did a. No, we're gonna I get went, to that one. We're we gonna, gonna get, get to that one. Okay, okay, okay. This she, will be a good um, intro. That one was we were on the road, <laughs> and I said, "Flame, let's do a let's do a video," you know, and she goes, "Oh no!" Ah, ah. I said, "Let's just do one." You're comedians. And he brought and out so, the inner gangster immediately. Yeah, I yeah brought out he was throwing up signs and everything first else. First of all, Flame is from the west side of Chicago. Don't get on sleep. We're mm-hmm. sorry. The west side is real. Uh, my father taught on that side of town for 45 years. So when someone say they're from the west side, there's, you, you miss better. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm from the north side. But when they say west, you go, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just wanted to do that little. I just wanted to do that as a as a as because we're comedians. And there were some people that say, "Oh man, what are you doing, man? You pushing the agenda?" I go, "That's flame. That's what am I pushing? It's a comedian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We should be able to laugh about we have should be able to laugh about all of our differences in a, in a good place. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? We joke. She jokes on me. I joke on. It's like, but it doesn't come from a hateful standpoint and i'm not trying to appease anybody i'm being for real people should be able to live the way the fuck they want to live period that's it man and we're comedians at the end of the day we're, we're just comedians we don't give a fuck yeah you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying that's what we do so yeah. it's like when you showed her t- <laughs> when he was say. like, he was like, do something gangster, do something gangster. I was like, what? He's like, show the tits. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but but flame can laugh at that. What are you mad about? Is there, She's laughing about that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and what's funny is how the LGBT community is mad at you when you just keep it, you, you keep it 100. Like what you did on uh, the uh, Breakfast Club, you broke down the whole gay community shit and he was already mad at you. Like, it's like they never satisfied. Uh, you're, you're, you're old school. Wait a minute. Trans. And Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Don't be disrespecting a bitch. I'm still young. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're both we're both young old school. Oh, okay. Yes. I take that. That yes. sounds. You bad. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're both from the same school. So I'm like, you come from it when it was even harder. You came yeah. with a bunch. You when you were in Chicago, you came amongst all us men. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you came. And we were like, oh shit! You wouldn't give a fuck. Cats was trying to come at you, trying to, and you, you, you held your ground. Like, and this is when people didn't really come out. It's like, you remember, did you ever meet Mario Cantone? I did. Mario Cantone has been a friend of mine for a long time. And Mario, Mario, and he's one funny, man, that's a funny dude. And he's gay. And he told me one time, he said, oh, it's so funny how the gay community now, they're so, he literally, he said, they're a bunch of pussies. He goes, I came out when that was detrimental to my career. Mm-hmm. I came out, I didn't give a fuck. I didn't hide nothing. I came out and I was like ostracized. He said, these people now, they complain and they bitch about nothing. He's like, where were you when I came out and I was getting fucking shit up? He was breaking it down. Yeah. That's why I get a lot of my information from you. I get my information from people who are from that community whenever I talk about those situations, you know? 
So Well, yeah, I mean, I've even told Flame, too, that I haven't met anybody from the transgender community like her. You know, she doesn't care about pronouns, and it's not about, you know, the small things. She's an anomaly in a, in a lot of ways, and I think that's why so many people love her. So, um, totally agree. And he don't care. If he, so you say he, she, he goes, I'm all of them. Oh. I don't give a fuck. Baby, he, I, she, I say, we. I say she. He, she, he, we. Because he, he, he cash the check. She make the money we spend. I know exactly mm-hmm. who the fuck I am. And don't I'll no checks he, come I in Flame Monroe. because he can be a he. Because mm-hmm. when he takes on, it's, sometimes he's just a he. And then what? he can be a she. He goes back and forth. So sometimes I'll go he, she. And I go, you know, he doesn't care. Right. She doesn't care. Right. We, they don't, she, as long as you respect what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, he, she, and we does. It, it's the she for me because I'm her manager, so she makes the money. So I'm always say she. Mm. Right. Well, I <laughs> talk to him right. when I need this. <laughs> so let me tell you. So when we, me and Godfrey were in the dressing room that night, Tiffany had already come to Godfrey about doing They Ready too. And 2019. Godfrey was, yeah, and Godfrey was like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm like, Godfrey, you should do it. You should do it. And he was like, I don't, there's not enough time. I was like, Godfrey, it's going to be a game changer. Godfrey, all the reviews from yours. I, now, tip, uh, Lauren and I were at the show. I was Lauren there. Lauren came to the show, too. I was we were there. At, at the table. Oh, getting the chair. Okay. So we yeah. knew the elements and the Earth, Wind, and Fire that you was up against outside, all For you real. guys. Because that's what they should have called it. They ready Earth, Wind, and Fire <laughs> shit. Because it was sirens and alarms, helicopters. And y'all kept y'all. Yeah, I had a helicopter over mine. I remember coming home after coming to the show and going on live to tell the audience that it was so challenging, challenging for you all as comedians. Godfrey, y'all did that shit, and you yeah. held your composure. You were great, Godfrey. And I want to know: do you don't regret doing it? Do you? Do you? Are you happy Hell that you no, sat there? Man, thank you for uh, kicking me in the ass, uh, Tiffany. What was funny is when I said. I said, hey, Tip, I don't know. She goes, motherfucker, you better take this shit. I got a... And she goes, she goes, I got a motherfucking plan. It's all about strategy, motherfucker. You, I was like, gotcha. She had me in the green. Okay. I said, gotcha. And, and when I look at it now, it's just like, first of all, shout out to Wanda Sykes and her company and Paige. Yes. Was it Paige? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Push It Productions. But Wanda Sykes the fact and Paige that they really and, and I love when I tell people, you know it was outside. They're like, what? It I was said, cold. We were outside. Imagine if it was indoors. You know how the destruction oh, yeah. that yeah. would have happened in that bitch? Yeah. And we killed it on the outside. And plus, you remember, we were a little bit separated from you guys because the tables were spread out. So there was it was a lot more air. You know, it wasn't as enclosed. So right. we were, the, thank God that everybody was a veteran and we were able to just do what, what we needed to do. Because, to, first of all, I wanted Tiffany to look good. This is her, on her reputation. This is her brand. And I want her brand to be able to keep going. You know, so we got to go, okay, I need, we need to, we need to bring the motherfucking pain because this is just good for Tiffany and this will get her to, hey, I'm doing another season of this for other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I'm glad it came out good. Everybody's, and it's, you know what's great? Shit, man, it's so crazy because Tiffany has hooked up 12 comedians in a year and a half. Yeah. The, I'm count one, 12. That is unheard of amongst our African, sorry to say it. African-American comedians are fucking horrible at, at, at looking out for each other. We always beefing. We the only ones in the comedy community that beef like rappers. Like black comics will will go on public forums to dog another comic out. Like you don't have to be a fan of a certain comedian, but why are you going on a public forum to tell say someone ain't funny or someone ain't what the what the fuck is that to you? Like why would you do that in a public forum? There are Asian comedians 
that some don't like each other, but they never say it in a public forum. There's Latino comedians that may not like, they don't say it in a public forum. White comics, they, they, they'll, they'll work with each other and not even like each other just because they know they got a purpose. We are the only ones mm -hmm. that take our personal bullshit and we'll say it on a fucking podcast or in an interview just to talk. It's, it's disgusting. So Tiffany is literally changing the goddamn game as far as her service and what it means to, to progress. Black progress for real. Black girl magic for real. She's fucking proving that shit. And I remember in 2000, I've known Tiffany since 2003. So a lot of people are late. I've been knowing her longer than probably most people when she came out of comedy camp, out of Laugh Factory comedy camp. Mm -hmm. So she used to say this when she said, when I get to a certain level, she never talked about buying a big house. She never talked about getting cars. She always said, you know, when I get there, I'm going to um help foster kids. I'm going to have a, a, that's how she talked. I'm going to get a foster kids associate. I'm gonna, she wanted to help everybody. Then I'm going to get my grandmother and my grandma needs Then I'm going to get my sister. They're going to get, she always just talked about helping people, man. Just, I'm going to help, 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 help. She still has the same house. Yeah. That I, that, I would, that, that I would uh, sleep in or uh, babysit her dogs. I would house sit her dogs. It's the same house. She doesn't, she talks about helping. That's all. She's always wanting to help and she gets such a joy when she sees other people shine rare shit black woman black woman let me tell you <laughs> something the year of 2020 2019 started in 2020 proved it it's the year of the black woman the year of the woman of color godfrey you know what was overwhelming by what you said and tiffany had only been a star technically since for four or five years since That's like it. 2017 because That's when she it. introduced me when botch did redid my boobs that was tiffany haddish that said welcome to the stage the queen she was virtually unknown and then girls trip dropped game was over it was a tom brady all damn day it was a tom brady <laughs> I she call just her, took I it i call her tom brady and as much as i hate tom brady tiffany's tom brady tom <laughs> brady because everybody's going to score yeah she's going to get the ball to you yeah she got a play you're gonna be, you're gonna score. I don't give a fuck what your tap, what your level is, you're gonna get the ball. And, and it's not like a hookup, like, you know, you know, some comics will hook their friends up, give them a little time here, as long as they don't do too much. Tiffany literally is pivoting everybody's career. Like, mm -hmm. no, you're gonna, your shit's about to change, bruh. She put us on an international fucking stage. I got people from Germany because I travel overseas. I got people from Germany, friends from Germany, Amsterdam, Saudi Arabia, all the countries I've been to going, it's about time, man. Like, inshallah, inshallah. Like, what? This is what Tiffany did. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to continue to say that. And the way and the passion that I have for it is real. She did this shit, man. Cause Just you, you acting, you acting real aggressive. I'm, I'm, oh, you acting so aggressive. I'm almost I'm turned on. My I'm God, being, if I didn't I'm know it, motherfucking real. <laughs> no, I'm messing Flame. with you, God. For you know, but I'm you messing with play. you. She, like, sh it's remarkable. Is real. It is. People, people don't do this kind of shit. Well, God. Well, let's Go get ahead. into you though. Well, let's get it. We, you know, we love Tiffany, but we want to talk about you though, and some of the inspiration that you've had behind comedy in general. You've been in the game for a very long time, so talk to us about how you got your start and really what was your inspiration behind you, you know, deciding to take on this career. Well, my start, Flame knows we were all around amateur night the same around the same time. Yeah, all uh, all, shout out to all well, jokes aside. Shout out to Damon Williams. Since, I've known Flame since '95, '94. 
So, shout out to George Wilborn. <laughs> shout out to George Wilborn. Shout out to Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac, um, rest in peace. I love yes. Bernie Mac. These are these are these were our people that got us that that let us get stage time. Yeah. Um, um, all of us: Dion Cole, Corey Holcomb. Uh, Chicago D. Ray, was like D. Ray that. Davis. D. Ray Davis. Yeah. Um, Lisa Ray. Lisa Ray was Lisa McCoy. She was she was at the amateur uh-huh. nights hanging out she watching surely us. Was. Yeah. So, um, I was inspired in college. I went to University of Illinois. I was a pre med psychology major. I got my degree in psychology, and I was like, I wanted to. I told my parents, like my Nigerian parents, that I'm going to be. I'm going to do comedy. Because the, Tommy Davidson had come to the college, had done a show at the college. I saw Ricky Harris, Tommy Davidson, oh, and I saw Eddie Murphy. Peace, Ricky I saw, Harris. I love Ricky yes, Harris. Rick, yeah. I saw Eddie Murphy, too. I saw Eddie Murphy in concert, which is fucking crazy. I saw Eddie Murphy, and I was like, I was inspired. I said, because Eddie Murphy was our like our generation. We were like, Eddie Murphy took comedy to a rock star level. Mm-hmm. Not just, because Richard Pryor, which Eddie Murphy followed all his shit, Eddie Murphy made it cool, like to be in leather pants and take it to a rock, to be good looking, smart, funny, black. You were proud to be black because he would shit on white people, and <laughs> but he was did it, he did it with charm. You're like, that's who I want to be, you know. But in college, I wasn't trying to be Eddie Murphy when I was smaller. I didn't think I was going to be a comedian. I wanted to be a baseball player. I played baseball. You know, and football, I was an athlete, you know, and I, I thought I was going to be an astronaut because I'm a science freak. So I'm thinking I'm going to be a sci- I'm going to be an astronaut, I'm going to play baseball, then I'm going to be an astronaut. Because <laughs> I had a lot of baseball shit and I had a lot of uh, ast- uh, astronomy shit, you know. And so that, and so when I got to college, started studying psychology the whole nine. I was always interested in human behavior and how the brain works. And then I got real militant too. I got very militant. Uh, because I went to a very white university, uh, 45,000 students and 800 black students. That was all that was there. Wow. But we had all the fraternities. Delta, we had Delta, AKA Sigma, SG Rho, Zeta, Phi Beta, Megas, Kappas, Iota Phi Theta, we had all. And we all stuck together like this. I became very militant. This is all leading to what I was doing. I used to go see the minister you know, in Chicago, ministers from you know, Chicago. Mm-hmm. I would go see the minister, and just to listen to that. I know, you know, I was into the black history, the African history. I was that dude. I became. I'm still that guy. And so, when I was in college, I would always hold. I would always hold. You know, the cafeteria is where everybody's sitting around talking shit. But I was always holding it down, spitting about race and politics and but. But I was funny with it. And then I was like, man, I said, I'm thinking I should do this comedy shit, man. I think I need to do it because I tried to do the pre-med shit. But the one thing I hated was when people tell me to be quiet. Yo, why are you joking? You know, I used to always get in it with my teachers. I'm like, because you boring. (laughs) You fucking said. But I was too vocal. And so I said, I need to try this comedy shit. And the girl that I was dating, it was a rebound chick. I had broken up with a girl on campus. It was a rebound chick. And one day she wrote a bunch of shit that I was saying. I'm not even bullshitting. Her name's Toya Dixon. I'll never forget this. And he going to say her name. I know, you right? was a, a <laughs> bogus ass nigga for that. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> Toya Dixon, I'm giving her props. <laughs> I'm giving her props because she Shade. wrote. I, you, you know her. Do you know what's so funny is her daughter 
came to see me in New York City. Her daughter was doing an intern. The same girl that like was like the catalyst to me going, you know what? When I get back to Chicago, I am going to do it. She wrote out a bunch of shit that I was saying, say, you need to do that. You keep talking about doing comedy. When you get back to Chicago, you need to do this shit. And I said, you, you know, you're right. And her daughter, I saw her daughter two years ago at an internship. She came with her friends to see me at a show. How crazy is that? And then I mm -hmm. tell her, I say, you know, your mother was part of me doing this whole comedy shit. You know what I mean? And so, you know, do you remember when I was in a comedy team? Uh, she would have fucked you up if she would have told you that you was her daddy. Uh-uh, why? <laughs> oh, I knew I wasn't her daddy because I know dudes that dated her after me. Oh, <laughs> you some security. See, I told y'all that nigga was ignorant. Yo, so, so, did you, were you there, Flame, when I was in a comedy team? No. Godfrey, when you when we came out together, you stayed around for a little while, and the next thing I knew, you were in New York. And when you went to New York, you never came back. Oh yeah, I didn't. Um, I had a um, it was T.K. Kirkland that got me to New York, and you know people say, "Oh, T.K. talks to him." I was like, "Oh, but T.K.'s telling the truth," because T.K. got me my first manager, and both of my managers they they both passed away. Rest in peace. My one my one manager just passed away. They were a team. One of them passed away from brain cancer. And my other just died. Just he didn't take care of himself, but he just passed away. But they were great dudes. But TK Kirkland introduced me to them. When you know, you know, TK used to come to Chicago ah, and I used to be on record. T to the motherfucker. I used to be on the shows with him because TK liked me because I was college educated. I was different. I wasn't ghetto. He goes, you, you, you're so original, and that's another reason why I want to do kind because I knew I was going to be different than everybody. I had a different angle. And so TK would work with me all the time. And TK said, man, you need to come to New York City, man. I think you'll, you'll do well. You need to get out of here and go to New York. I said, all right. So I started just commuting, checking out the comedy scene in New York. That's when I met Tracy Morgan, Dave Chappelle, Bill Bellamy. I met everybody, everybody from Def Jam. I was like, oh, shoot. Audition for Def Jam. Bob Sumner never chose me. Mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. auditioned. Five, six times, um, murdered the shit. Never chose me. He never chose me for some reason. Chose everybody around Chicago but me. Not me. I, 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 I auditioned too. Got past the audition at the Peppermint with Bill Bellamy. Got Peppermint a standing, right. got, got a standing ovation. But I was not willing to play at that time because I was gay, not blind. I also have a choice. I hate when men say, "Oh, I don't want so and so looking at me, nigga." Ain't nobody looking at your fat ass. I was. I Godfrey, you knew me back when I was young. Nigga, I would shake the whole interstate <laughs> with this body. But I, I, I had choices, and the choice that I chose was not to do Jeff Jam because I didn't want to play that game. I, I just didn't want to play with that person. Now, now, I, now, you haven't said the name. I ain't going to say their name. I never out nobody like that. But that yeah. was. But I remember the Peppermint. Yeah. The Peppermint was a dangerous place at that time. It was in East Orange, New the, Jersey. Remember in Netflix, the 25th anniversary when – Cheryl Underwood, you know, she from Chicago, too. Uh -huh. Cheryl, Cheryl Underwood went on stage and said, she said, y'all remember the motherfucking Peppermint Lounge? Everybody's like, hell yeah. I was like, it was the scariest. The scariest place ever. I am mm -hmm. not. When yeah. you got when you, when you got a date, Tina Graham gave you a date, you would think about that date the whole motherfucking year. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, dude, I got a date in my uh, in May. I would think about it's it's January, and I'd be like, "Damn, I got, I got to do Peppermint Lounge." Good Lord, it was killing you inside yeah. because Bill Bellamy, it was five hundred people in this big ass ghetto ass, used to be strip joint, East Orange, New Jersey. It'd be 
Tretch, it'd be the Naughty by Nature, the Knicks, Queen Latif, all of them. And Bill Bellamy, if you bombed, Bill would shit on you as you're getting off stage. On he would tear your ass Right up. in front. And mind you, this is like, they were like dope dealers and drug addicts. And at the time Everybody. that I auditioned, East Orange, New Jersey was the carjack capital of the nation at that time, yes. which was like yes. 95, I think. So yeah. my imagine I'm trans. I'm walking up in me and my girlfriend. My girlfriend was real passable. May she rest in peace. She looked like a woman. I ain't never looked like nobody's woman. You always knew that nigga banging. That's the nigga got some beautiful bodies and pretty titties. But if you drop them panties, you better duck. <laughs> Baby, when I tell you, it was so scary. When, so when I for me to go up in there, Godfrey, I know just what you meant. It was I was terrified for because I thought if I wasn't good, they were going to kill me. Like, mm, for yeah. real. And it, 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 this is... It was like straight fear. That's why it's so funny when I see these black comics now and their 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 clubs. I go, you, you, this ain't shit. Yeah, this really really is weak as fuck. Because you have to understand, we were coming up. It was Bernie, DL, Steve Hart. It was they were killers. Killers. Uh, Mark Curry. Oh, my Curry. Murderers. Yeah. Like simply marvelous. Simply marvelous. Rest in peace. Lord simply Hayes. marvelous. Simply look. Simply marvelous. What like? Straight killers, everybody murdered on stage. So this shit here now, anyway, not knocking them, but I'm like, you didn't see fear until you came to the Cotton Club or the Click yeah. in Chicago Ooh. with dope dealers and pimps and shit. Yes. This is what the fuck we did. So so I get on stage, right? <laughs> Beverly Lounge. I get on stage, I'm auditioning. Bill Bellamy goes, this next guy coming up, ladies and gentlemen, from Chicago, got mad applause because Bernie Mac was rocking Def Jam. You know, everybody yeah. respected Bernie. So I got up there, and the first joke I did, first of all, when you get on that stage, there's a mirror on the stage, so it looks like there are more motherfuckers in there. So it's like you go, you go, damn, and you turn around, it's just thugs looking at you. Mm -hmm. The first joke Let I did. Let you stop. <laughs> you getting harassed up over here. I'm talking about. <laughs> I started talking about that group, Crucial Conflict. Remember Crucial Conflict? They started all that, um, that, that fucking, that fucking, um, that Southern, they were more the, they start kind of were the precursor to the Southern hip hop. Cause you know, Chicago's really Southern. Yeah. You know? And so they did it. Remember that hay in the middle of the barn when the niggas was doing this shit? That oh, shit? That's... I was making fun of that. And I'm, I fucking destroyed. I mean, I tell you, I killed that shit. Oh, yeah. And so they kept inviting me to the Peppermint Loud. I was like, God damn, I got to do shit again. So I did it about nine times. Wow. And the one time I got booed, it was one time I was getting comfortable because they were used to me. The one time I got booed in that bitch was when this dude was talking shit about me. He said, man, you fucking corny, blah, blah, blah. And I said, and I started heating this dude up. But everybody knew the guy. And they say, yo, leave my man alone right now. I said, man, he's talking shit to me. They all start booing me. Like, fuck out of here, yo. And I stayed on stage, right? And as they booed me, I did, remember Scarface? Mm-hmm. Scarface, so I started acting like Scarface at the end when he's getting shot. And I start doing that. They start laughing again. Then they booed me again. <laughs> they laughed. Mm -hmm. They said, no, nah, nigga, get the fuck. But Godfrey, let me ask you a question. Because the yeah. booing, booing on stage, especially when you're a named comedian, I love what you said about you got too comfortable going. That happens to comedians. 
that happened to me one time with Comic View. We we get so comfortable and we get so complacent that, oh, I got this. I'm going to kill this. I didn't kill this seven, eight times. Not remembering that every show is a fresh new show with a fresh it's new a set fresh of eyes zero. on zero. You. you start from zero. You start from zero. And I, I'm telling right. you, I learned that lesson the hard way. I didn't get booed, but I crashed into a fucking brick wall. It just nothing worked. Yeah, nothing worked. Right, though. Yes, it is. It lessons. was great training, but it learned. I learned yeah. the lesson with that. We learned our lesson, but, you know, um, I, I, so I never did Def Comedy Jam because I was talking to Kid Capri not too long ago. He said, yo, God, he said, you never, you did Def Jam, right? I said, no. He said, get the fuck. You ain't never done. I said, they never picked me for Def Jam. I did. I was in a comedy team with a guy named Alexander, okay, for like a year. That's right before I met you. And we did, we opened up for Adele Givens, you know, Adele from Chicago too. We did, we opened up for Adele Givens. And I remember we were working with Steve Harvey. And, and my partner was pissing me off. And I said, I'm sick of this dude. And Steve told me, Steve was in the hallway of all jokes aside. That was when he was balding at the top. Okay. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, he's like, what's, what's the matter with you? I go, yeah, I just, I'm just my boy. He's like high and drunk. He keeps forgetting all the fucking lines and shit. He goes, he goes, I remember this shit. How much you getting for that? I said, we getting like a hundred dollars. You tired of splitting that shit? I said, yeah, cut his ass. And I, from there, that's when I went solo. Good it was you. Steve Harvey. Um, well, look, at least yeah. he gave you some good advice because he better talk to that daughter. Anyway, uh, let me... Uh, <laughs> well, listen, she yeah, may listen. She I think... She, she got the skip, baby. I don't know what Cardi be talking about with the WAP. She may not have a WAP because they might not marry, but they damn sure carried her. I want me some Lori Harvey. Lori Harvey, just mail it to me. I want to borrow it for about three gone. days. God damn, she <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, she, got, so, she got Michael Michael B. Jordan dating black Baby, she got them all turned around. I don't know mm -hmm. what she got down there, but the black girl magic is powerful. Uh, Godfrey, let me ask you a question because y'all know y'all hear Godfrey talking shit and he hardcore, real overly top, but I seen a sensitive side of this nigga, a sensitive side of this nigga on live, was it yesterday or day before yesterday? If you have not seen it, you have to go to Godfrey's page because I can share a moment that you publicly showed when you were at Times Square and there was a billboard with your face and your name on it. I know that moment just that like was, I'm reliving it. Because I, 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 I came from Baltimore yesterday. I was doing this. Uh, Magoobie, shout out to Magoobie's awesome comedy club. And so we was on the road, me and Andre. So he's driving and said, he goes, yo, you know your billboard? Because Aaron Jackson took a picture and said, the billboard is in Times Square. I said, and if you're a New Yorker, you want to be in Times Square. Those billboards are so Beautiful. big. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I've seen Tiffany a few times in Times Square. She don't, she live in LA. I go, Tiff, there's a gigantic billboard. And she goes, I always imagined that. I always put that in my head that that was going to happen. And she goes, this is going to happen to you. And I saw that yesterday. And I said, and I, did, I made a video. It's my newest video. I said, Tiffany, you did that. You fucking did that. You did that. I've, I've been here 20 years and I've never seen myself on a billboard here. I've, I've tried. I've auditioned. I've done this. I've done the best. I've never. And because of you, I'm up there. Right up there. Just that's all Tiff. I said, Tom Brady. She just threw the ball, and I got to score the touchdown. You know what I mean? And I that, it did. It mean a, it meant a lot to me because I was just in the street, yeah. like you fucking did that, yo. And I mean it. It's hundred <laughs> percent. We saw all your emotions. I was just waiting on you to cry, Godfrey. I thought that <laughs> nah, was beautiful because I did. I've I already done that. 
I've experienced that same thing when we when I saw that Godfrey. And then the irony is, I was on tour with the burlesque campaign, and we stayed in the W right where I, I mm-hmm. we end up staying there. So like two months later, I was back there. But I saw my name on that billboard, Garvey. That shook me up. Baby, the man in me cried, the woman in me cried, and the, <laughs> all of us. All, all, all of you cried? All of us. We was all over there crying like a Groupon. We was all crying shit. <laughs> but it's such an overwhelming feeling because you're like, wow, I made it to Broadway. You know, so many people but have been. You know, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, and it's so funny because there are people that 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 are from that, that network were like, we didn't even think of these people to choose. Like, that's it's so crazy because Tony Woods, a master of the game, master Barbara Carlisle. I mean, you took when she said Barbara Carlisle, I said, Tiffany, you're something else, man. You went and grabbed Barbara Carlisle. Barbara Carlisle been a beast a long time, too. She's been a game. Man, long time. I remember Barbara Carlisle meeting her in Chicago, and she'd be like, I go, Barbara, so where are you going next? Oh, I drive. I drive. I don't give a fuck. I drive. I don't give a fuck. I drive everywhere. I love driving. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck as long as there's money. I'm gone. And I said, you're about to drive where? Oh, I'm about to drive about 10 hours. She was a road dog, like hardcore road. And Tiffany just had the wherewithal to find. Man, you don't meet people like that, dude. That's real shit. It's better than Santa Claus. Fuck Santa Claus. He ain't got shit on Tiff. Santa Claus real got talk. titties now, baby. It's a black girl <laughs> no, named Tiff- Tiffany Haddish, baby. He ain't got baby. shit on yeah. Tiffany. And I'm, and I'm glad that that I was part of her life as far as her improvement. Cause she goes, Godfrey, you're the one that got me to this spot. I said, oh, you were just my friend. I didn't know you are going to be a list. I didn't know you are going to be producing. I just helped you cause you needed help. I didn't, that's just what I do. You know what I mean? I've done a lot of shit for comics that didn't have shit. Then they got shit and acted like they didn't know me all good. That's just, that's just you as a human being. You ain't shit. That's just you. You know what I mean? And I skip, I go, whatever. Tony Woods, who has done shit for all of us, and you're just now getting something, and you got it from Tiffany when there's a whole bunch of other motherfuckers that should have looked out for you, I'm keeping it 100. Because I do not like people who do not pay it forward. That is how the reason why we're so stagnant as black folks. Because we don't have people in the circle pushing it forward, going, yo, we, we got to, yeah. The people, I'm saying the people that you know that you know will do the job. You don't just yeah. give people shit because they black. Fuck that. You want people, you go, this person's been doing it a long time. This person's, they're good. This They just need a little shot. And and people go, yo, who do you need? That's how the white boys do it. And most and a lot of them be mediocre. I'm sorry. But guess what? Them motherfuckers be making moves because, first of all, when you're white, you're pretty much in already. But they help each other. And I know these white dudes. I know them. I know a lot of famous white dudes. And they look out for their crew. They look out on their podcast, each other. They go on each other's podcasts. And you know who's the most helpful now as far as African-Americans? The Instagram kids. That's how my numbers went up. Shout out to Rennie. Shout out to King Batch. Shout out to D Storm. Shout out to all of those Instagram stars who, who, who were fans of mine and taught me to the, the the social media game. And I watch them work with each other. I watch all of them. They're all 25, between 25 and 30, right? Thank God I look the same age as them. That's my age, 30. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I watch them in LA and New York and I watch them work with each other. They all just go, yo, let's do this. They all just include, they all get numbers. 
But I'm sorry, but our era, it was like, one motherfucker climb up the ladder, they pull the ladder up. Because they're like, nah, I can't. I don't, and I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm just mm-hmm. saying our culture is, is, is like just one nigga at a time. We got to get out of that bullshit. If we're going to talk about black progress and being together, we have to do that shit. When it, there's some motherfuckers that won't even, won't even uh, tag you and give you a little shout out on social media. This is how fucked up it is, yeah. yo. You know what Tiff did though, Godfrey? I think she will, has opened the door to show more male, men comics because comedy is still a very male dominated game. Uh, yes, yes. To yes. show more male comics that you know what you too can still be successful by giving somebody else a helping hand because like you said a lot of male comics will give somebody well you can open for me you can give me ten but nobody have really pushed nobody to get those hours special now Kevin did, did great for his camp Kevin right. Hart did great for his camp his, his team camp, yeah. all Joey Wells and all all them they hooking they, them they, they yeah they're great like a, they eating like a motherfucker too. and um. Uh, Dave Chappelle always reaches back to help people. You know, he hasn't had any other specials where he put people on. But I believe what Tiffany's showing him and showing so many others that they will. I think Steve Harvey will. I think Cedric the Entertainer will. I think even Jamie Foxx will. Because Jamie Foxx has done before. Jamie Foxx has done stuff like that before. And and those guys have the power to, like, do that. Like, little, like, they have the juice to do it. They've been famous for a long time. They got juice where, 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 white but everybody be like what do you need they're at that they're the what do you need negroes yeah. <laughs> see i'm still the uh who's that guy like me it's like uh this guy but you oh, know what funny, it takes but, you you see you what know? it takes though godfrey it takes somebody to say you're okay godfrey we all knew you were a great comic everybody who follows you always knew if they see you laughing but we knew but sometimes it takes somebody in a position to say you know what this person is cool. They all right. Give them a pass. Before Tiffany put me on, they ready. I had comics that like me, but the male male people in the audience, men, straight men, would be afraid to laugh with me because they were afraid that if they laughed with me or at my jokes, the stigma would be, oh, you laughing at that. You must be attracted to that. That stopped a lot of my work back. Tiffany said, Flame is all right. Wanda, and Paige Ho- Wanda Sykes and Paige Horvath said, Flame is all right. So now my new demographic of my audience is straight men because, you know, I talk about sex with men, sex with women, but and now they've allowed themselves to let down the screen and stop looking at what I look like and listen to what I'm saying. Godfrey, you was always a part of that. You, D. Ray Davis, uh, Evan Lionel, the owner of All Jokes Aside, Raymond Lambert, you all uh, always saw my t- talent more than you saw these titties, even though when I was young, I know y'all was looking. Uh, <laughs> but y'all always accepted me and embraced me for being who I am. I'm telling you, everybody is coming around to that. That's a great, even when they walk up and say, what's up, Flame, nigga, what's up, dude, you know, in the comedy club. That's how we talk as comedians. And a lot of my trans sisters be like, Flame, they're disrespecting you. They're offending you. No, they're not. This is the comedy world. We got our own little world. We got our own little circle. And if you're not, if you're on the outside looking in, you won't understand. You just won't. And, and my thing is this. The, the gay community will say, hey, you know, we want to be treated like human beings well guess what when we're fucking with you you're a human being now when we're fucking joking with you we that's an acceptance in comedy when we fuck with you whether it's racial jokes whether it's that means you're being accepted you can't you can't say you want to be accepted and then we can't joke with you it's not making sense because comedy is like a vulnerability where you open up and laugh at all the ridiculousness you know what i'm saying so it's like like when i i do a joke about lesbians right and I say it on purpose. They go, you know, lesbians remind, and people already. I haven't even finished the joke, 
they hear lesbian, they go, wait, I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Lesbian is the proper term, right? Isn't that what the L stands for, right? Lesbians, right? Is there another name I need to know? No, right? So I go, it's so funny how you all are sitting up there championing the gay community, but I say lesbian and you're still reacting to it. So if you're supposed to make them feel comfortable, why are you reacting to the word lesbian? That should be normal. They're human beings to me. I'm just talking about them. At least I'm not you dogging say, them from a bad place. You at least me? you say lesbian. My gay ass still say bulldogger. Look, uh, <laughs> but I love me old bulldogger. Let me just say it. Gary, well, did you? <laughs> see, you can't say that, Gary. I can say that. No, <laughs> no, I say lesbian. I say lesbian. Listen, Gary, so did you see we were talking about Michael Chi? Because Michael Chi from Saturday Night Live Michael made Chee, the joke. Michael Chi, who is one of my good friends, he's a brilliant comedian. Well, that he's joke so wasn't funny. Up. I don't give a fuck what he is. Well, I don't that know joke what the wasn't joke funny. Let me tell you, let me tell you the joke verbatim. So they were talking about the trans transgender ban on the military that Joe Biden lifted the transgender ban and they were going to call it don't ask don't tuck which is you know the girls tuck their, their yeah, yeah. anywho so first of all I didn't think it was funny this, this is me talking did you not think it was funny because it was about your community or Hell because no. it was whack I didn't give a fuck the joke was whack I don't give a fuck about okay, the tuck okay, it so my issue was not challenging that he the, but what the joke that he said but it wasn't funny and so the community some of the girls some of the trans part of the community was upset because he said don't tuck meanwhile they have a show called Untucked by RuPaul's Drag Race very 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 popular show great show right, I'm right. not throwing it show up under the bus i'm showing the hypocrisy of no, the comparison right, hypocrisy, yeah right. so y'all y'all ain't said nothing about this show that's been on for at least 11 yep, years yep, successfully but y'all yep. man for a joke that he said and it wasn't even funny we have made wonderful strides in the trans community we got a state senator we have a doctor that was appointed by joe biden we got uh, uh people in the media that's doing that's trans living openly and now they're allowed to be in the military the same ones that's complaining are the same ones that wouldn't go to the military because i'm not i'm not fighting for this country i'm fighting with this country because y'all ain't giving me no vaccine but i'm not gonna fight for this motherfucker. i promise you right. i ain't i will right. fight a nigga but i ain't gonna fight no america well michael honey. chase <laughs> did he do did he do it on snl or did yes he, he did it on saturday night live well, they they're writers, and he probably didn't. He probably didn't write it. It could have been writers that wrote it, and he's you know they read the script, and it's going to be him that's going to be the blame. But that's the that's the chance you take in comedy. That's the chance you take. Michael's a good dude. Michael's fantastic, man. He's a he's another guy that pays it forward and helps cats. So Michael's a brilliant comedian, does dope-ass shit. No, wait a minute. Comedy, should I take back what this? I said? Look, I, I ain't going to take it back. It wasn't funny. I don't care who wrote it. And that's fine. It, it wasn't yeah. funny at all. It wasn't funny. But I wasn't but, offended either. Neither was I that's offended. What I, that's all I was not offended at all. It was just not funny. Then no, that's it fine. just wasn't funny. Well, I just said well, some shit that ain't funny. So I blame, get it. Blame, You say a lot of shit that piss people off and ain't funny. So I do too. So care. Godfrey, how? Me. <laughs> it's yeah. me. Man, Flame is always going there. Flame's always like, I don't give a fuck, old dumbass. Well, you know, we don't do. I never said that. That's some shit that he wanted to get off his chest and he just tried to sneak one in, you black bastard. No, <laughs> but you don't play. We, you're very edgy. So we, we, we take that chance. Yeah. We walk that line. Man, if I were to if I were to count how many people were upset at a joke, man, don't be a comedian then. Fuck yeah. out of here. I got and, and, and I did an interview for NBC Magazine, and that's just what I said. I don't want to censor comedy. That is one of my pet peeves now that you can't you offend every group, you know? Did you guys have to do the, the for for Netflix? Did y'all have to write out the jokes and oh my I was red line for two hope for two 
times they redlined the shit out of me because I was going to offend this group or you was going to shake up that group. You can't say anything. It's it's still in the joy of doing comedy, honestly. It it's really like they're trying to police comedy, and the sad part about it is they will reward the people that ain't got nothing to say. And that's not cool because everybody lives a life. Your life is totally different than mine. We're in the same city. We in different sides of the same city. That's a different lifestyle. We should be able to talk about our perspectives, period. That's yeah. it. As long as you stay within the parameters of comedy and you just not saying, nigga this, gays that, but you have no punchline. You got to have some clever shit to it where it's not coming from a hateful standpoint. But you should be able, what What do you want? Everybody to sound the same? You want, I, I've done I've done jokes about dog. I remember, oh, here's a perfect example. I was in Canada. I do a lot of Canadian comedy. I was in Canada. The, the comedian before me was talking about sodomizing something. He was fucking something in the ass. That's what he was talking about. This lady's laughing. I get on stage after. And I'm talking about my life um, in Catholic school because I was in Catholic school from first grade to, to freshman year in high school. And I'm talking about religion and this Catholic shit is weird. And, just, and she gets up. Same lady that was laughing at a sodomy joke right before me. How dare you? And I said, bitch, kick rocks. Kick rocks. You just talked. You just laughed at this dude fucking a goat for 10 minutes. And I'm telling you, I have a problem with religion. And I don't believe Jesus is white, just geographically. And you are getting mad. I said, kick rocks. Get the fuck. This people, but people find anything to get mad at. You, you talk about dogs. Don't talk about dogs. Bitch, I, I live on this planet. There's only so many subjects we have. Okay, so white people will shoot you about their dogs. You can't make jokes about that. <laughs> they will be like, Baby, they oh, got bill insurance. And, oh the my God. Let me tell you White folks crazy about their dogs. The but I, I'll say this, though. I think that what makes you guys so great as comics is your authenticity. Like, for instance, I had some of my friends officially watch like your episode of They Ready. They watched your episode, Godfrey. And I think that's what makes you guys so special. Despite all of the bullshit that may happen or in you guys' midst with, you know, whatever material you guys have, it's yeah. the authenticity that people really connect with. You know what I mean? And, Godfrey, you're talking about the scientists in you and all these different things. You got a lot of people going crazy like, uh-oh, Godfrey's, Godfrey's smart, too. So you might have some other uh, DMs after this show is over. But <laughs> I do want to segue really quickly and ask you, though, what is the ultimate goal that you have for yourself in your career? Like, what would be something that happened that just you were like, I made it. I made it. Like, what Let would me that tell be? you something. With the way, first of all, the business has changed. COVID shut a lot of, shut, man, COVID leveled the motherfucking playing field. It did. Mm -hmm. and, and all the bells and whistles that people are used to, it's kind of cape everybody. You really saw who was not that talented and who was. You know what I mean? There were no applause signs for your ass. There was just your, you and your dumb apartment. And the audience was the people you're talking to right now in this camera. You understand? So the business has changed. For me, my thing is to be able to just be successful. Because listen, let me tell you something. Comedians are all, we, we, we either do podcasting, we either act, we either host, we either do sitcoms. There's doors that we can go to as comedians. I just want to be able to go to any door that I fucking want to. I want to be able to create my own shit and be able to do what I want when I feel like it. If I say, man, I want to shoot a film. Boom. Here's the, boom, you, you good? Let's do it. I want to have the freedom to be able to express myself in my different talents. That's success to me. Without losing my integrity, without someone making me do some shit I don't want to do, that's success. Because people say, well, what do you want? I want to, oh, shit, I want to do movies. 
you know, I'm a Marvel kid. I grew up on superheroes. Who the fuck don't want to be a superhero? Who the fuck don't want to shoot fire out their hand and stand there like, who the fuck? Everybody, even people that shouldn't be acting will take that part. I want to be a yeah. tranny superhero. Yeah. I want to be the first trans it, superhero. It, it's yeah. coming. You know the it's flame, coming. flame, baby. Yeah. Ooh, I want to know how to rob banks, use your EBT, but, don't but, need no pin up all every, We grew up, <laughs> who doesn't want to shoot two guns and slide under a table and boom, boom, we all want to do that. Yeah. Even people that don't even do it right be doing it because everybody wants to do it. I want to be able to do a creative, creative artwork, I want to do smart shit. I want to make motherfuckers be like, yo, you want to inspire other people to go. Like Denzel Washington, that's my hit. I go, I want to have a body of work like that guy. He yo, he can look back and say, I never did no dumb shit. I never threw my culture under the bus. I never dogged black women, ever. I never did any of that. But I still am liked by everyone, you know? You're not going to be liked by everyone. Not that mouth. I'm telling you, in the gate, let me show you. You are not going to be liked well, by I'm everyone. I'm a comedian. I'm but not, that's okay, like, though. That, ma yeah. that mouth of yours. I've been trying to tame that no, mouth. No, I know you ain't talking Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Your mouth's worse than mine. Godfrey. <laughs>the final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Listen up. I've got a quick message for any black entrepreneurs who are planning on opening a store or who want to grow their business. If this describes you, let me share some info about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N.
The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. So, you know, so God, I've, I've done Godfrey's podcast in New York, y'all. So me and Godfrey got history with friends. So I was on Godfrey's show after I did The Breakfast Club because y'all know it was such a big hoopla. So, Godfrey, I have to bring this up to you because I know you're very politically savvy and woo-woo-woo. So, Lauren, help me with this because you know I'm going to mess it up. Okay. There is a track team in Maryland. Oh, let me let me just pull up the article real That's quick. Unfair. So we got Wait, wait a minute. I didn't even answer the damn question. You didn't even let me answer the damn question. Yeah, so the two trans girls were on the track team, on the female track Team, and they got first runner up and they won. Yeah. Of course what, they did. What They're do you dudes. think about that, Godfrey? That's bullshit. You're a dude. So you need to be what's the trans, you need to be on the men's track team. Not okay. the men. Wait, hold on, hold on. Before before we get into it, let's just give some context for everybody so they know. So in New uh, Haven, Connecticut, uh, there's a, an individual named Andrea Yearwoods. Uh, she hears comments usually from adults and usually not to her face, but um, that she shouldn't be running and that uh, she shouldn't be running against girls even though she is a transgender female. So Yearwood, she's a 17-year-old junior at Cromwell High School, and she's one of two transgender high school sprinters in Connecticut who is transitioning to be female. So she recently finished second in the 55-meter dash at the state open indoor track championship. The winner, Terry Miller of Bloomfield High, is also transgender and set a girls' state indoor record of 6.95 seconds. Yearwood finished at 7.01 seconds. So the question is becoming, is it fair that, you know, men who are transitioning to be female should be allowed to, you know, participate in female sports? It's it's. It's hello. It's like that that transgender tennis player that was smoking all the chicks, and he was like he was beating up all the girls, and they were like, "You got to play in the men's. You're straight." See, a man has strength. That is why females don't box men. That's why females don't play football with dudes because we will knock you the fuck out, and you don't have the strength. I'm not talking about mental capability because a woman can be smarter than a man all day, but physically, we're just stronger than you. Testosterone, the whole nine. If you are literally smoking girls and you're a, you're a man because by the you can go by track times. I took I was in track and field. Usually a woman that runs 100 meters, a fast woman is about a 10.7, 10.8. Men run track and field 9.8, 9. You saw what Usain Bolt ran 9.6. There's there's a strength thing there. They that's unfair. You need to you no no no. You, unless you take enough estrogen where you're starting no. to run as fast as them. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to give you pushback, Godfrey. I'm agree, I completely agree with you. That yeah, is completely fair. unfair. But I, I, I ain't cheating. want you to think I was about because, nigga, you looked at me but like no, you no, was about to come through. But it's cheating. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I agree with you. But what do you think the solution would be? And I'm asking you. I, I got my own opinion, but I'm asking you. What um, do you think, think the solution? I think you should just be on the men's track team and just, just run on the men's track team. And if they don't, unless they are just phobic, but... 
Well, they don't identify as men, and that would be unfair then because what are you gonna do? You gotta they, get a they, trans they, track team. Well, that, that's it. I well, think that's the solution. I don't think we have to get a trans track team. I think that there's something else that maybe we can do because you guys brought up testosterone and estrogen and things like that. Let me tell you something. I think you seventeen should... years old, Lauren, you can take all the hormones you want to. That's but a li- strong little nigga right there. But listen, what I'm saying is, I mean, very true. But I think that there should be a happy medium. <laughs> oh my god, that nigga's strong, baby. That nigga works all the time and everything. That nigga's strong. Shit, we titties. <laughs> I think there's a happy medium. I think that there's a way that maybe you can test levels of estrogen and testosterone to see what's nah, going on in the body. Man. I do. Because otherwise, you're going to get into a situation of listen, you know, listen, discrimination. Listen. Get on. Stop. Stop. <laughs> this, is, this is what Flame has been talking about. The LGBT is being a little ridiculous. It's, it's a, you're, get on the, you're, you run like a man. Get on the. It's like, you know what it's like? I ran track varsity when I was a sophomore. I was running as fast as the the, the 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 upper class. So they put me on there. They go, well, you're running as fast as them. So they move you up. You need to be running with the dudes. Plain and simple. Because you're first of all, you're, tr- you're it's not like you're a chick and you happen to be running as fast as the men. No, you're a guy. And you you're 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 a trans woman, but you're a trans woman. It means you're a guy. And you and your and your times, you're you're leaving people by thirty yards. Hello, dude. Well, I don't think dude. I don't think they should call it a trans track team. I think it should be called an identity. <laughs> trans called, track? That'd be hot. Though. No, it trans should be called track? an identity track team. Or because, it could be like special. Olympics, you know, because everybody you know, say they, they identify as some. Oh, I ident- bitch, I identify as an eighteen wheel truck. I will roll your ass over. That's how I identify. I'm sick of all these identities. Shit, I pass well, biology with a C. You, you have, it's either it's this cheating. or this. This or this? Which one? It's this or this? It's this? And every time you unsure and you're not sure how you identify, go pee. Because are you going to pat or shake? I'm just asking for a friend. Flame, flame. Basically, basically those trans those trans guys are just shitty track and field uh, runners. And they were no, that's not fair. Uh-uh, Godfrey. Now I got to push back on you, player. They're bad That's athletes. not true. That's not true. Yes, no, no. Well, wait. Well, let, me, let me talk because I was a 17-year-old queen, too. But I wasn't running no damn track. I was playing right, catch exactly. a girl, kiss a girl. And I was always the girl. And I always got caught like the white bitches in the B-rated movies. I always got caught. I fell on purpose. Anyway. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Anyway, it's not fair because if they identify as females. And wait a minute. Listen to me. Now I'm speaking from the LGBT part of part of me now and when I was 17 in high school I wouldn't have been able to run track and be openly a trans girl because I would have got my ass handed to me I would have got beat up and locked in the locker stuff like that so there are reasons for not doing that I also Uh-oh. Uh-oh. on the on the other hand okay what happened okay I also no, don't I, something pause. Go ahead, oh, I also do not agree I think that it is not fair I think that the men the, the guys are physically stronger than the girls, and that's not fair. But I do think that they should create their own lane. So there should be their own lane created. And that way, if there's more trans girls that want to come out and want to run track, but they're afraid to because of these kind of conversations, they will have a place where they can feel comfortable. Well, you can yeah. have alternative races. It's like in within within the meet, that's- within the track meet, you can have an alt race, which is cool. That's because it's all, you have to call it alternative because it goes, guys, listen, you this situation. You're calling yourself a woman, but you have the strength of a man. What do you want us to do? You're either going to run on a men's team, or you're going to do. We're going to have a special race right. for you guys. You, you, your 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 category. Mm-hmm. That's what I was Uh-oh. saying. Like the special. You, you think? Uh oh, we got you, bad you internet. That's you. you that ain't no. We see you. That ain't that ain't me. That ain't you. 
Hold on. Nah, my, I have full bars. Oh. You but you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. Because that's... you cannot, you cannot be on the women's track team because you are leaving people in the dust. Remember Florence Griffith Joyner? I remember. Rest in peace. Remember, I because re I was a big track head. I remember it was it was Ash, um, Evelyn Ashford, Chanda Cheeseboro. It was all the um, women's track and field, and I was a sprinter. And I remember when Florence Griffith Joyner used to get her ass handed to her, man. And then one year, you know, in the Olympics, she was leaving everybody. Everybody was like, what's going on? She was taking steroids. She was taking testosterone. That's why she passed away from a heart attack. She was taking steroids and she started winning, but she was leaving people by like two yards. And she was always coming in third. And all of a sudden, remember when Ben Johnson beat Carl Lewis? He was taking shit. It was, it was the testosterone. My point is, you, you're a man, and those give you that gives you strength. You naturally have that. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is, in the meet, in the track meet, they should have a category, which is not hard to do, for that type. Because you can't be on the women's track team. It's not fair. It's yeah. not fair. And I think that's, that all was, I'm, that's all that's that's the only solution that I could think of. And I mean, and they have and there's something like that that exists, like the Special Olympics. You know, it's for those who can't compete in regular Olympics. They have a disability. So there's a whole entire Olympics created for them. So I well, see what and, you're saying. And, 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 and but it but the, the LGBTQ can't get super sensitive about everything. It's like, what do you want us to do? You can't cheat like that. You got to be you got to be open to go. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm calling myself a transgender woman. It is a little different. So just be open. See, you can't just be complaining and bitching and expect people who are heterosexual to go, well, what, is, what the fuck do you want us to do? And then they want to throw in phobia. Fuck that. It's like, no, you can't cheat, dude. Uh, you feel yeah, me? Yeah. Watch your pronouns and your adjectives. Don't let me come through this motherfucker. Don't, oh, nigga, nigga. Don't let me go LGBT shut on you, player. <laughs> Godfrey, you know what's funny to me, though, Godfrey? And I love my sisters. I'll tell you, some of my sisters be tripping. But you know what's funny to me? Did you ever see the videos where the queens walking down the street? And we do have some lovely, passable trans women. We got some girls that's yeah. so oh, no beautiful doubt. No doubt. that you no would doubt. never understand. But we also got some bitches that look like Herbert with a wig on. <laughs> so Yo. I'm just saying, and bitch, if you know you looking like Herbert with a wig on and you walk down the street and some guy walk past you and say, what's up, dude? What's up, man? Then you get mad. Y'all going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Then you finally snatch your wig off and say, don't disrespect me. I'm still a motherfucking man. Well, ain't that how the argument got started? You should have just rolled with it from jump and just... <laughs> you, it, but it's so funny how people are just walking um, contradiction. Like, I remember I remember in the West Village in New York, there was this lesbian chick, you know, like a dyke she looked like a dude. She walked in, I remember this shit, walked in like a guy, like, uh, she was looking for, like, some some drink, whatever. I'm sitting there and she was stealing something. It was, she was trying to steal, right? And this little Korean man saw her. So she tried to run out. That Korean dude caught her ass, like said, you, you try to take, you have to pay. So she's like, I'm thinking she was a dude because she looked like a guy. And so the Korean man had her and was stronger than her. And he, and she goes, he goes, you, you can't steal. And then they were like, what's going on? What's going on? He tried to steal. And then she go, it turns around and goes, I'm a girl. Let me go. Oh, he, and everyone was like, oh, now you a girl. Oh, now you a girl. Now you a girl. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, you know, you want to be a girl because you got caught and this guy's stronger than you? I just see so many contradictions. That's why 
I don't get involved in a lot of these conversations because people sit up there and purposely not try to understand. People have to understand a heterosexual's confusion sometimes. Like, okay, so what do you want me to do? What do you want me to call? I mean, like, stop getting so mad. Like, I understand heterosexuals were the bullies. The, 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 the heterosexuals were the bullies. I get that. But in this new day and age where we're supposed to be open, the people that are complaining, you got to be open to my confusion. Like, okay, so what do you want me to, what do you want me to call you? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, what's up? Mm-hmm. Don't get mad at me because I get the term wrong. I mean, are you fucking kidding me right now? As long as I let you be who you want to be, don't get mad because I got one term off. Now you're fucking getting too picky. You feel what I'm saying? Because I want to be able to to, to, add, to to address you the proper way. But don't get upset because I don't remember because I've been living on this planet for this long and I use these words and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to learn in one day? Stop. You know, I, I that, that, that is why I take my compliment from you guys, because I'm very comfortable. Let me tell you where it starts at. It starts with you. Godfrey, can't nobody call me nothing and it affect me if I know that's not who I am or what I am. I don't right care on. what you call me. And I know that takes time, especially when you're young, right. depending on how you were brought up or where you are. Y'all know I'm good from the projects. I was hardcore thug ass nigga anyway. But I, my feelings would still get hurt being called names and woo woo woo. Of you course. know, you have to learn to separate what is matters to me. You know, somebody walking past me, especially if you don't mean nothing to me and I don't know you, I ain't gonna never see you again. You a stranger. Well, what the hell are you? I'm not gonna even answer you because nigga, I don't know you. But if it's right. somebody I know, love, and care about, and they hurt my feelings because I do have feelings, I know y'all don't think I do, but I really do have. Feelings, <laughs> then that bothers me because I'm like, right. dude, talk to me. I am such an open, transparent person, and God's been on the road with me. I, you can talk to me about anything, yeah. and it's you, and it's great because you keep it real. That's why I get I get better at it because I go. And you know what I do? I use you. I use you as as a, as a, as a reference. I go. Flame said that. Flame said it. So don't you fucking tell me. She broke it down to me and I know what I'm talking because I I, because I'm not into offending people. I don't I don't want to do I don't I want to know what. Okay, what do I need to know? Okay, cool. Thanks. Okay, thank you. I I need to just tell me not just go off and enough yeah and respect enough. is respect don't even have to be demanded if you treat yourself a certain way when i when i meet people i don't walk in with my head down like i'm scared to talk i walk in the right. room like i own the damn room and people right. treat me accordingly now if you cross the line i know how to cross the line back exactly but if, if it, is it worth it to me is it even right. worth it to me you know right what what is the what is the old fable when it's two people arguing who, they don't know which one is the fool sometimes it's not even worth giving somebody a, a, a clap back like nigga I don't know you. Fuck you. You're broke ass. You know, I, and you funny looking. <laughs> baby, you know, I'm Netflix, nigga. I ain't, ain't no broke now. We Netflix now. <laughs> Shit. Hold on, player. <laughs> I but love it. You know what I mean, Garvey? Sometimes, some things don't even want, like what, you, like, like what you were saying about the black comedians going after each other, going after each other. What is that profiting us as comedians? We both Nothing. male comedians. We might be on the road on a tour together. You never know who you're going to yep. get thrust in the yep. room with. You yep. got, we got to get past some of that shit so we can we all work. To. So we can all my, work. My, my friend even said he's a white comic, very very funny dude, and we oh very honest. He goes, "Hey Leon Rogers, I'm not trying to be I'm not try- who, who? Leon Rogers, shot town. Oh Leon, oh that's my dude. Where's Leon? Leon ass. Leon Chicago. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you something. I had a white my my white comic friend. He's always on my live talking shit. He said, "What is up with the black comics? All you guys shit on each other all the time. Every time I'm with some black." Mm-hmm. Com- they're shitting on another black comic. I just sit there going, what the fuck? Like, all you got, what is that? And I and he kept it real. I said, man, I'm going to tell you, Adam, this shit is whack. 
he goes, he's like, white guys, I mean, we may not like each other, but we'll be like, work with each other, right? We don't give a fuck because we know we have a purpose. I go, I'm trying to get that into the fucking head. I said, but that Tiffany Haddish, whoo boy, she changing the fucking watch. She gonna change, she gonna change the whole, the playing field. Really, I think as far as her thought, thought people's thought processes. And Tiffany told me she got some hater shit. I'm not naming the person. I'll tell you off. Don't do well, it. Don't do it. I'm not going to say it. anything. But they Let just me, were like, Godfrey, why, I wanna, do you, why are you doing what you're doing? I right? want to ask you a question, Godfrey, as a male comedian. Because I was looking at a thing this morning. I, I, I wanted to pose this question to you about mm-hmm. some male comedians saying that they would never wear a dress for a show or for, or for a skit or for a bit. How do you feel about that as a straight black man? How do you feel about the whole dress uh, thing? Yeah, I wouldn't wear one. Hmm. Because it's not about... And people want to go home and fuck. No, no, that. no, no. I'm not taking no, that. No, 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 no. I'm oh. just talking in general. It's not about that. It's about symbolism. Black people, African Americans, Caribbeans, they're all in the same boat. We have a lot of we have a lot of repair that we need, as far as our, as far as what people see us as. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we were wearing blackface and we were cooning, and we had to do this. Step and fetch it, Louise Beavers, Ethel Waters. All the black folks that tried their best to show dignity had to be servants. We, I mean, we're still on this cream of wheat box, bro. We're still, we're still on, we're still on Uncle Ben's. We're they, we still got black symbols on fucking food. So wearing a dress has nothing to do. People want to say, "Oh, you're what's wrong with wearing a dress?" I say, "You're not understanding, see, yet because you're not educated on this shit." And I know the history. There's a very good book you should read called um, The History of Blacks in Films, Mulattoes, Coons, Bucks, Mammies. It's by Donald Bogle. It's our it's our image. Black manhood is very important to me, all right? Very important to me. You have to understand that this country has always tried to destroy black manhood. Is there a reason, is there an accident that black men are in jail, incarcerated, a lot of them not even doing the crime? Is there is is it is it is it an accident that majority of black men are in fucking prison? Is it is it an accident that welfare in order for a welfare mother to get money, the black the black man has to be out of the house? I mean, is it an accident that white cops kill us right on the spot? Is that an accident? I mean, black women get killed too, and I, I don't want to leave you all out. But is it an accident that we are always at at risk, black men? So. When I say Denzel Washington is my hero, that's I mean that shit. Denzel will never do no shit like that. You could and 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 for the guys that do it, it's an artistic thing. If you're an actor and you want to do that, that's your business. But I'm not doing that because I can do a lot of work. I can be funny without putting on a dress. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm 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 real heterosexual. It has nothing to do with homophobia. It's me as a symbol. I have nephews. I'm Nigerian, by the way. And they all watch what I do. African men watch what I do, and they say, man, we're proud of you. I'm from the Congo. I'm from Ethiopia. I'm from what you do for us, the pride that you show. Black manhood is a bane. It's a thorn in this society's eyes because it's fear, and which is sad. I should be able to be black man, proud. It shouldn't intimidate somebody else. That means you're the weaker person. You know what I'm saying? So I don't put on a dress because of those reasons, because symbolically, it's like me doing, um, like, like, look at Soul Plane, when I did Soul Plane, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and I remember, I remember when we auditioned for it. Nobody was working then. People could talk shit about Soul Plane, but I remember a lot of people auditioning for it because black people, you know, a lot of times they leave us out of shit. So I went in, into the audition room, and I said, you know what, guys? I read the script. It's ghetto as fuck, but Snoop Dogg is the pilot. Who doesn't want to be next to Snoop Dogg? I said, but I'm going to change it. I'm going to be African in this. I'm going to be African. I'm going to be, I know I'm the co-pilot, but I'm going to be African. They said, really? I said, yeah, because everybody's doing the ghetto shit. I think if I'm African, I can add a little bit of dignity to this shit. And I can be, and and the African-American, African thing can, that, you know, because you know how Africans and African-Americans make fun of each other. And so I've always, no matter what I did, I always tried to find some kind of humanity and some kind of dignity and always trying to preserve my fucking manhood, man. That's just what I'm about. But, There's nothing wrong with that. It shouldn't be a fucking oh, crime. Not yeah. at all, God. Yeah. But I want to ask you a question, God, because now you can open up my mind, and I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. I'm listening to you talk. So how do you perceive me, Godfrey? Because, and, and I'm telling you, remove that we know each other. How do you perceive me? I, I just perceive you as, you know, you're a transgender, a confident transgender uh performer who don't give a fuck but i'm still a black man that wear dresses yeah but you are a black man but that's you but that's it's different it's different with you because i'm talking about a heterosexual dude that you're not heterosexual see well wait a minute now hold on player hold on (laughs) but you know but but i don't i don't consider you completely i think you're a mixture of everything yeah that's that's the truth see this is what i'm saying i want to get the terms right so I'm talking about a black man that wants to wear a dress because they're going to make it. Oh, if I do this, I'm going to make it. You see, they do that. There's a difference. Now, let's say, let's say, let's say I was already famous and I'm doing well and I decide I think I want to play, I'm going to play a female because it's artistic and I want to see, I want to, I want to stretch out. But a lot of times they make us do it in order to get to a level. It's like a, it's like a rite of passage. Well, you need to do that in order to get that. I would rather do it on my own artistic integrity. That's different. It's about the timing of it. See? And the intention. And, and the intention. Yeah. So people want to throw in, oh, you don't want to do it. No, no, no. We as black folk need repair. We are fucked up. Black women, they are the most educated in America, have the highest degrees, but you would never know that because you're re- you're regulated to a fucking twerk because of these dumbass shows like Housewives of Atlanta because every episode you're calling each other bitches and then you want to act like you're sophisticated and a lot of those women are very smart. Candy, all of them are fucking they're fucking talented women. There's but they call each other bitches every week and then you wonder why everybody greets you with a hey girl and that shit but you got a college degree, but nobody would notice that because the media does not put black women in a fucking good light. So me, as an individual, all I'm a, I'm a speck on this planet, but guess what? I'm gonna be a speck of integrity. That's what the fuck I'm gonna be because it's all about what you surround yourself with and I am tired of black women going, and I'm saying black women, and I don't categorize you all in one lump, but a lot of times they'll say, well, I like to watch that show. I said, stop watching it. If you're trying to demand respect, stop watching, stop fucking patronizing that shit. 
Stop, because it's shitting on your fucking image is what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Well, well, let's say this. On that note, let the church say amen, because I think that was a word. I appreciate you explaining that and giving us the educational moment. I think we needed that, and I love, Flame, that you asked that question, because I think, I think what we can take away here is that, Flame, you live in your truth. You do, each and every day, and everything that you do, and Godfrey... I think that you lending the different perspective on that side of the aisle, I'll say that for all its intents and purposes, I think is needed. I love this conversation you. I needed. love you, black ass nigga. And it let was. me tell you why I love you, Godfrey, because nigga, you ain't never changed from the moment yep. me and you met and I was another girl, younger. Yep, nigga. And y'all want to know the truth? Yes, I thought the nigga was fine. The nigga still good look. I don't know how this nigga in his 50s and still look like he in his 30s. Don't I got issue his with age. that. Don't do that. I just, I, fuck that nigga. He been doing, he been doing me that. But what, I, what he could never say or any other comedian in this industry could ever say is flame pushed up on me. I never crossed the line with you all as men because I respected you all as not only as comedians and my constituents, but I respected who you were as a man. That was not my place to push up on you. When one of, one of the comedians wanted to holler there, I got notes and letters and shit. And that's I, what yeah. I'm saying. If a motherfucker wants you, they can let you know. Yeah, yes. But I never put... And but I you never were always want, professional. Yeah, and I yes. never always want y'all to feel uncomfortable around me because if I would have no, did that, yeah. you would have felt and uncomfortable we, and around me. And that's why me. I appreciate that because you got to understand there is... People will be uncomfortable with that. They don't understand it. It's their right to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's your job to go, listen, man, I ain't, yo, I respect you. I fuck around, but I'm not, I'm a very, and you're very professional. And the thing that I like about you is that I, it's like, I'm, I understand shit better. When I, every time I talk to you, I learn something new. I go, all right, bet. Okay, bet. You know, and that's important. You keep it 100 because you, cause you come from a heterosexual perspective. You come from all the perspectives. But you come 100. You don't go, no, but you know, you go, nah, motherfucker, listen. It's this, this, and it's this. And that's what I, that's why, that's why we, we here. You, you amazing comic, Godfrey. And God, Godfrey has so much knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all have to follow Godfrey. He talked plenty of shit in that. But he, okay, back to the, what, what what's the, with the three o'clock in the morning shit? What's that spontaneous <laughs> three o'clock in the morning we, shit? We gonna get to that, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you where that comes from. You sons of bitches. <laughs> Let me tell you where that comes from. I've always stayed up late. In college, 18, when I, no, fuck that. I used to watch Johnny Carson, so my father would always get mad because I would watch, I would stay up late 13, 14 years old. So I've always been a night owl. I never went to bed early. Fuck all that shit. I've always been late. And so I said, about three years ago, I said, now I'm going to start really embracing the social media. And so when I get off stage, I would be on, you know, I would be on late because I was always getting off a stage in New York. We stay up late. And so I'll start using my, I'll do my lives. You know, I'll be, I'll be with some female chilling, boom, 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 you know. But this be three in the morning is normal to me. I go to bed if whatever. I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> I like when people think I don't go to sleep. I go, whatever, but I stay up late all the time. And guess what? Why is everybody thinking American? Do you know how many people are awake in other countries? Hi. I talk to people in the UK, Australia. People are up. We're not the only time zone. You that's real. No, that's real. And I, Godfrey, we just have to really just thank you for coming on here, dropping knowledge bombs, talking about yourself, you being a scientist, just your background. 
we we really truly appreciate you. We had a great, I think, authentic conversation. Yes, we and, did. And uh, we gonna get some great rave reviews on this. So, but before we let are you, you go, Uh-oh. no, we are. We definitely are. I'm looking at the comments he as you guys been talking. <laughs> and he's in 190 countries right now. Exactly. Where he's on here with us. He's on Netflix. That's one wow. thing we want to ask you. What what can we expect from you? What projects do you have coming up? Like what what's going on? Just give us some insight. Okay. Well, I have my podcast, which Inflame was on, which was awesome. In Godfrey, we trust. It's on the Gas Digital Network. Also, you should subscribe. Uh, use the promo code Godfrey. You get two weeks for free. And it's also on YouTube. You go to Godfrey Comedy. You can actually see some episodes to see if you like it. Press the subscribe button. That The podcasting is going good. I haven't changed my goal at all. All right? I've been... I've been even during the the uh, the uh, COVID. I haven't missed the live yet. I've been on live every single night because people were like, "Thank you for just doing that." Because we've been you got us out of this COVID just being there. So I I do my lives every night. Also, um, I have a show which is on Kevin Hart's network and Pluto and Peacock. It's called In Godfrey We Trust. Me and Ruben Paul, another awesome comedian, created it. It's like a it's like a ranting show, a green screen virtual show, just talking about politics, black history, blah, all that kind of shit. It's called In Godfrey We Trust on Pluto, Peacock, and Kevin Hart's. Is it LOL Studios now or LOL Network? Either of those. Yeah. Go, go to, it's on no streaming networks. And also, um, I, I finished the pilot with um, over the over the COVID. I finished the pilot with some people. So I got that going on. And also, I still travel and doing live shows this week. If you got, is this showing? This is now. This is live, right? This is now, but we it's going to re-air on Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be in I'll be in um, Vegas doing a Laugh Factory in Vegas. And also on Sunday, Valentine's Day, I'm at Zany's in Nashville, Tennessee for one night. Two shows, one night. Nashville, Tennessee. Zanies. Hmm? Well, I just want to personally say thank you so much, Godfrey, for coming on. And let me tell you, so me and Godfrey reconnected on the tour with Tiffany, and we, I ain't going to let that nigga get away, y'all. He's mad. He belonged <laughs> to me. I got that nigga locked. <laughs> Godfrey, you're so great. I'm so proud thank, of you, and I'm so happy you. for you. Tiffany Haddish, thank you know we love you over here. Thank you so much for just that. opening I, up I, doors. This, this is our squad. It's like, this is our squad. We got our we got our family, our circle, and it's dope. And it's, it's and, and I, I just... I just, I just see, and I, your, your life is, you're doing so much great shit, man. And so I really feel like I have a family of people now, finally, like, oh, I got people that look out for me. Shit, this is great. I know, you know, wherever I'm at, I'm going to talk good about them. Wherever they're at, they're going to talk good about me and just keep that, that going. That, that also counts too. So your family like a motherfucker, and I appreciate you. <laughs> You know you the man, Godfrey. We adore you over here. Uh, can we get some Trump before we sign out, please? Can I? Can I get? Oh yeah. Can I get that nigga Trump to show up and apologize? <laughs> I need the nigga to apologize for I'm real. I'm so sorry. I'm very sorry, Flame. I think your your show is so great. You're amazing. You, he, we, she. I love them all. <laughs> I love everybody. Seriously, you guys are great. Tiffany is amazing. She is Tom Brady. Definitely Tom Brady, because Tom Brady was a Trump supporter. Oh, <laughs> love it. You bad. We love you, ladies Thank and gentlemen. Godfrey, so they're ready. Season Peace. two. Please watch it on Netflix. Thank you, Godfrey. Please follow. And everybody me. better be following me after this, boy. Right. Oh, yes. The numbers yes. better go up. Yes, indeed. Yo. Yes, indeed. Thank you, my Godfrey. 
Good God, is, that was a great. Oh, that was a that great was so interview. Good. Say good, bring Nick on so we can say goodbye to Nick. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for joining us here at Laugh and Learn today. Mm-hmm. This is our last day in the studio. Don't ask me what it's going to look like next week. We'll be here. I don't know what it's going to look like. <laughs> but I don't know where. We'll that is what I'm talking about. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That, that was awesome. It would have been a little more awesome if you would have been like right there. Uh, no, y'all don't need me. You all definitely do. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Too many, too many cooks in the kitchen. What does it do, Flying? Wash the meat, cause that's something you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh no. Listen, I want to go back because I know we, we we need to wrap up. It's it was a great show, but this is what we talk about. How we always try to have guests who bring a different perspective, who make us laugh, who make us learn, because it's all about that engagement. The comments are going crazy. Godfrey said a couple of things that I just think it's necessary that we uh, Uh pull back to it Uh because this will definitely be in the show. We know that Godfrey talked about he's not a speck on this planet, but he's going to be a, a, he's just a speck on this planet, but he's going to be a speck with integrity. And I think that's what we all strive for. And that just, that's just one of the many nuggets that jumped out at me. Yeah, I think overall that it was a conversation that needed to be had. And I think what was so great about it, too, is that there truly was two different perspectives. And although you guys were friends, you still had a very organic conversation about societal norms, stigma and, you know, the variety of things. So, like I said, I think this is going to be a conversation that's going to uh, engage quite a few different folks of different communities, different backgrounds. And And I think I'm just going to say it. That's another reason why I love I love this conversation, Lauren, and, and why I love Flame. I never know what Flame is going to say. Oh, it's clear that never, somebody we else never known forever. <laughs> right. Where people think, oh, you all agree on everything. I'm like, uh, have you met Flame? Right. Trust me, you you never know. Like, first of all, Flame disagrees or does not like something I have to say. Oh, she's going to let me know in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's part of, I think, Flame just being Flame. But you and Godfrey had two very different views on so many things. And you can still be friends because Flame, this is what it's all about. We are not trying to get anybody to change their mind. We are simply trying to get you to use your mind. <laughs> so you have to have one in order to use it. And Flame with me, you're going to better have one because we pride ourselves on having the smartest listeners on the internet. The Flamettes and the Firecrackers and the Loungeettes and the Vouchettes are the smartest people on the internet. This is why Laugh and Learn is successful because of you guys. Definitely, definitely. And what are you? I cannot thoughts? wait to see you at Zany's in Nashville. It's an awesome space. I love Nashville, Tennessee. You uh, you you will kill it there. Oh, uh, Zane run my check. She, she is right here. He should we bookings at gmail.com. Run my <laughs> hello, check. Hello, hello. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We are moving to a different space next week, but we will still be here. This show will drop and air on third Wednesday night, midnight, midnight this week, midnight. So we appreciate you guys. Please follow Lauren Hogan at I am at Lauren Hermani H on Instagram, <laughs> and I also have a YouTube channel that you can subscribe to and see all of our uh, Laugh and Learn episodes there. Nick, where can we find you? No, I'm not playing doing. No, you see, I played you said you can find Lauren at right. Uh, you know, I don't know. Right, exactly. It's <laughs> okay. It won't be said. Okay. <laughs> We bait each other. (laughs) You can find me at Flame Monroe, Flame underscore Monroe, Monroe Flame, and Marcus Flame Monroe Park. All the names. That's what the check come in, Marcus Park. Did you hear me complain about that? I don't give a... It can say Mr., Miss, Ms., Mrs., (laughs) understudy, all that, as long as that bitch clear at Wales. Thank you very much. Well, I would say thank you guys so much, right? And we'll see you well, next well, week. Nicholas, you haven't told us where we can find you at. He did. You were talking. Oh, did he? Uh, yes. I'm running that mouth, Lauren. We, that's what I'm talking about. We, I was we, listening. Lord, I heard you. You got me, Lauren. I heard why, you. That's yes, why y'all always. here, because I'm running my mouth. That's exactly. why they're here. Thank you so listen, much. Uh-huh. Before, before we go, quickly, though, 
uh, because we will not have had the show before the campaign next week, right? Do we have time to yes. promote that? Yes, oh, the yeah. campaign airs this Saturday at ahf.org. Please go to ahf.org. The show will be live streamed at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. East Coast Time. If you miss it live, they might censor the music after the fact. It's free, okay? It's, it's free. free. One more time. It's free. <laughs> Just go and download it. And if you want to donate to HF, it's a great uh, it's a great place for to, to donate money for HIV and AIDS awareness. It's going to be a beautiful show. Y'all get ready because y'all don't want to miss it. And they got me and, dancing and shit. Oh, my God. And this weekend, you and I, you, Lauren, and I will all post a link where people can uh, yeah. get that information so that they can do it. All right. Yes, Sounds indeed. good. You, Thank ladies, you guys Thank so you. much. We love and appreciate you guys. Remember to yes. laugh and learn. With Thank you, Miss Cassie. We got our mask. Thank you, Cassie. Mm-hmm. Nick, you ain't got one because you're not here. Back. <laughs> we love it. Love Lounge tonight. I'll see you guys at Love Lounge between 6.30 and 7. Peace. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.